Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, but most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same thing Jesus did. I am thrilled to have Dr. Mary Ho. Dr. Ho was born in Taiwan and raised on four continents, Africa, Asia, Oceania, and North America. Dr. Ho is the international executive leader of All Nations, a global Christian missions organization with workers making disciples and church planting in 45 countries. Dr. Ho is passionate about finishing the Great Commission in this generation by sharing the love of God among every people and in parts of the world where the name of Jesus Christ is little or not even known. She received her Doctor of Strategic Leadership from Regent University in Virginia in 2016. Dr. Ho, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here with you, Roy. Uh, so you have a childhood that is uh, probably very different from many of our listeners. Uh, tell us about how you grew up and, and what, what knowing the Lord meant to you in that context, your testimony, those kinds of things. Yes, so I was born in Taiwan and my father was an ambassador, a diplomat okay. for Taiwan. And so as a little baby, we moved to Philippines. Then when I was seven years old, we moved to Mbaban, Swaziland, okay. which is now Eswatini in Southern Africa. Oh, so wow. I had my entire primary school education there. I heard of Jesus for the first time there, but there was no one to disciple me. Then when I was 12 years old, we moved to New Zealand, where I had my junior high and high school education. Wow. And then when I was 17, I came to the United States to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, for college. Wow. And by the time I, I came to University of Michigan, my life was falling apart. Mm. I had suffered from depression for many years, oh, wow. and I had also suffered from bulimia, uh, eating disorder for oh, about wow. six, seven years. There were a group of Christian college students who kept hounding me. <laughs> they wouldn't leave me alone and they wouldn't take no for an answer. Wow. And they started inviting me to their, their campus ministry and they were hosting something like an alpha course. Mm. And I remember going there and thinking, oh, this is so boring. Christians <laughs> are so boring. <laughs> the week before the last week of the course, one of the staff got up and said, I want anyone who's thinking about giving their lives to Jesus, to take five minutes to pray every day. Mm. And when I heard that, mm. I knew that's what I wanted in life. Wow. I wanted to pray five minutes every day. Wow. You know, that sounds so trivial, but I didn't know that it was relationship with Jesus, mm. you Amen. know. Wow. Wow. And the next week, I asked the Lord to be my Lord and Savior. Wow. And, you know, at, th at that time, I was really struggling severely with bulimia. I would take every day eight times the adult 
dosage of laxatives. Oh my goodness. But the day after I gave my life to Jesus, I went back to the dorm, and the next day I thought to myself, wow, that was a really good day. I haven't binged or purged for a day. Then wow. it was, wow, that was two really good days. Wow. wow it was a good week. It was a good God. month. And, you know, the Lord just sovereignly set me free. Mm. I was so unchurched. Amen. I Amen. didn't know God can do marvelous things. Mm. But without me asking, he set me free from bulimia. Amen. He did what psychologists could not do, Amen. what medication could not do. Amen. And Amen. I felt a love that I had never tasted before. Oh, and... Wow. Um, God's word also just started coming alive. I couldn't put the Bible down. So, yeah. Amen. And so what were some of those, I think it was in Africa that you said you first, you know, heard about Christians or so before you gave your life to Christ. Yes. Was your family religious in other ways, Buddhist or just uh, nothing, no, atheist? No, my, my family was not religious. Okay. I went to an Anglican missionary school where um, I learned to sing hymns, you know, sing the Lord's Prayer. And I remember one day, I think I got spanked. I did something naughty. <laughs> and so I went to the backyard and was sulking. Okay. And I started singing, I think it was the Lord's Prayer. And I felt an incredible tangible presence of Jesus wow. Wow. and I remember my little sister saying to me why are you walking around with that smile on your face I remember I did that for quite a while but there was no Christians right. to disciple me did first experience Jesus and hear about the gospel amen um, in Swaziland amen it's always I know my testimony and I know my family, you know, how God has worked in my family. But every time I hear the testimony of somebody who grew up in another country or another continent or whatever, it gives, it gives me a bigger picture of who God is. That's right. And I say, wow, if God was doing this in my life, what a great, big, amazing God. And then he was working in Mary's life across the country, across the world. I didn't even know. And so many millions of other people. I, I love how community of believers expands our view of God and, and gives us a heart to worship him. Yes, and I think because of my own experience, I have a strong, strong faith. Mm that Jesus can transform lives Amen. Amen. and he can rescue people and he can set us free Amen. and he can heal us. Amen. The way I was healed from depression was a more gradual story. Mm. I had severe depression where I could barely get out of bed wow. and just go through my day. Yeah. And the only way I could make it through my day was I would write different scripture passages on scrap pieces of paper. I would stuff them in my pocket. Wow. And as I walk across campus between classes, I would just read them and memorize them and claim wow. the promises. 
Wow. And um, I think it was three years later, I all of a sudden thought to myself, oh my, I haven't been depressed for a long time. Wow. And so, um, so for bulimia, the Lord just sovereignly set me free. Amen. For depression, I had to contend for it. Mm. It taught me to really pray and be rooted in Jesus and be rooted in his word Amen. and that his Amen. word has power to cha Amen. change lives. Amen. And that's why I do missions. Amen. Because I myself have seen the Lord heal me and set me free. And I Amen. know I've seen it again and again Amen. on a daily basis, weekly basis throughout the nations. Amen. He's Amen. still doing it. Amen. It, isn't the <clears throat> word of God an amazing thing? On one hand, it's the Bible, it's ink words on a white piece of paper, but the Bible talks about it being living and active and sharper than oh, two yeah. any two-edged sword and able to discern. And I think there's something, magical is not the right word, but there's something spiritual beyond the physical about God's word. And like you said, from a young age, we taught our kids, you know, this is the Bible, memorized scripture, and they memorized songs, they memorized jingles, but there was something special about memorizing God's word. I, I love that picture of, you know, stuffing the pieces of paper in your pocket and having the word tangible and real and, like you said, in the end, transformative to your life. Oh, yeah. The Bible was absolutely transformative. I was totally unchurched, and I went and bought a Bible because I thought, oh, gosh, every Christian carries that big, fat book. <laughs> so I decided I need a big, fat book. So I went to the local Christian bookstore to get my own, and there was a huge wall of Bibles. And, of course, I didn't know what to pick, right? Sure. So I thought, I'm going to pick the most distinguished-looking one. It was a big, fat, black RSV study Bible. <laughs> but, you know, when, when I took it back, I couldn't put it down. Amen. When I opened wow. it, wow. it just came alive. It wow. literally came alive, and Amen. I would spend hours in it. Amen. And the Lord really taught me wow. to navigate His Word because it was a study Bible. Yeah. So He yeah. taught me to cross-reference and learn. And when I read about God doing something for someone in the Bible, I will be like, Lord, I, I want you to do that for me too. Yeah. Or when I see a promise, I would just hold on to it, Amen. you know. And Amen. I think that's what... Uh, set me free from Amen. depression. So, Amen. yeah. Yes, I, I've had the same experience where the idea of reading the Bible and then, you know, eventually you learn places in the Bible and you can think of other things, but sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit that you're reading something in here and you're like, there's somewhere else in the Bible that talks about that. And I remember having my own Bible studies hours and hours. It's almost like you're on a scavenger hunt. Yeah. For the truth. You read a story and you jump over here and you read a story and you're like, oh, that actually goes back to here. And I think what amazing thing the Bible is that God can make it, even though it's just words on a page, it interacts. I've heard people say that the Bible reads us as much as we read the Bible. I love reading it. And at the end of it, 
I'm like, I know things about myself mm. because I read the Bible that I didn't know before. I love how active and engaging and living it is. I love that, that the Bible reads <laughs> us. It isn't just yeah. we read the Bible. Yeah, I yeah, love that. That is so true. <laughs> I bet God reads us far Amen. more than Amen. we read him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, so you, you've talked about your a little bit about your growing up and some of the challenges that you had some of the struggles make the transition from being called to be a daughter of god in now reconciled to him in relationship through jesus christ because of his payment on the cross how did you get from there to being called to missions and leading this organization <laughs> it's a long journey <laughs> so after i got my masters i worked as an editor for the government of taiwan and what did you get your degree in again? Um, my bachelor's was in English literature. Okay. My master's was in uh, communications and journalism. Okay. So perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was working as a managing editor. And then I heard about World Vision. They gave me an opportunity. But I had to take a huge pay cut. But I was just drawn. And I couldn't articulate it back then. But since then, God has told me, I have raised you in the nations for the nations. Wow. And I have put you as a stake in wow. the nations. Wow. But back then, I couldn't articulate it. Wow. You know, I just knew I had to take that job. So I worked for World Vision Taiwan for a couple of years. I helped manage their international department, uh, which international projects to give money to. And then I worked for World Vision Hong Kong. And then in the year 2000, we moved to Kansas City for my husband's job. Okay. And we happened to be in the same church as a man called Floyd McClung. Okay. Floyd and Sally McClung are the founders of our nations. Floyd was the international director, actually, of YWAM. Oh, and he okay. left YWAM to establish our nations so that we can go to the least reached to make disciples and to plant and multiply churches. Oh, very cool. And so I landed in his home group. At that time, he was pastoring a church. And at that time, I had a newborn baby and a toddler, <laughs> a very shy toddler who was always clinging to my leg. <laughs> and Floyd would just always make a beeline for me. And, you know, here I am carrying my oversized baby <laughs> and my toddler wrapped around me. But he would say, Mary, do you know you have a really strong leadership gifting? And I would say, oh, Floyd, shut up. You know, I'm just this tired <laughs> mom, you mom. know, right? Yeah. Lack of sleep and everything. Yeah. But the next week, he will make a beeline for me mm. again and say the same thing. My husband and I, we got involved in the All Nations Board. And then after that, I started leading our U.S. hub, the All okay. Nations U.S. hub. I led it for about 10 years. And then Floyd actually asked me to be the international leader after him. In a nutshell, that's yes, what yes. happened. Isn't it amazing how you couldn't have chosen where you were born yeah. or where you grew up or all these international experiences that you had but God was designing 
your experience, your childhood to equip you with these skills and experiences and perspectives now that he's using to bless the nations? Well, honestly, it's such an honor and a privilege because I didn't look for God. He pursued me. As I said, those college students hounded me. Amen. Yeah, that's good. And then he sovereignly set me free from bulimia without me asking. Yeah. And so I just feel like my life would have been so messed up, so, so messed yeah, up yeah. if he didn't pursue me. I believe we Amen. have a God who pursues. Amen. Amen. And then I feel like he's given me an incredible uh, global upbringing, good education. And I am so privileged that I get to serve our frontline heroes. Mm, you know, they amen. are the heroes. They're on the front lines, making sacrifices, sharing Jesus, planting churches, and I get to serve them, mm, you know? Amen. And who am I? You know, yeah, I was yeah. just messed up, broken yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But he plucked me out, healed me up, amen. and I get to be part of what he's doing in the nations. How incredible is that? Amen. And what a beautiful picture of, I think you said Floyd remarked about your leadership. Yeah. <clears throat> and the style of leadership that Jesus role modeled was not authoritarian, tops down. It was servant leadership. And yes. so what a beautiful description. You're thankful. You're humbled by the opportunity to serve the people um, in the mission field of all nations. So... Describe a little bit about what the focus, the mission of All Nations is, maybe how it's a little bit different than some of the other mission organizations, what they focus on. Yes. Uh, before I answer that, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about servant leadership. Sure. I got my degree, my doctorate degree in strategic leadership from Regent University. Okay. And the reason I picked Regent University is they're the world's kind of foremost Christian institution researching on servant leadership really okay wow yeah wow and uh, one characteristic of servant leadership is vision okay mm. a lot of leaders are visionaries yeah. yeah but in servant leadership vision is not only the ability to see into the impact of the world but the ability to see individuals God's vision for individuals and to draw it out wow and that's I good. feel that's what Floyd did for me Amen. he had Absolutely. the vision to see something in me that wow. I, as wow. a tired, you know, <laughs> stay-at-home yeah. mom, did not see and yeah. was not thinking about. Mm. He had Amen. that vision, and I believe God wants us all to have that kind of eyes where we mm. see Amen. what God is doing in individuals we call it out and we draw it out and we affirm it. Mm. Jesus did that, right? When he saw Nathaniel, I saw you under tree, you're men without yeah. God. When he saw yeah. Peter, you yeah. are a rock, yes. you know? So, so I'm just incredibly privileged that Amen. this is the man that founded our nations. He also had the vision to see that we need to go to the least reached. Mm to raise up the local leaders who then plant their own churches and multiply churches. So mm. our nations differs probably from other organizations in that 
we are specifically focused on the least reached. In our mission statement, we have our own term. We call it neglected peoples instead of unreached peoples. So it's any pocket of people who don't know Jesus and no one's making them known. So it's unreached people groups, but it could be Muslim refugees. In Uganda, we work among prostitutes in the ghettos, oh, wow. among gangsters that don't know Jesus and other people don't want to work with them. We go for the people that others can't work with or won't work with. What a, what a great <clears throat> heart of compassion. And even as you described God in the beginning, pursuing you not lovely not put together not all these things but just but broken and with with challenges and all these things but God pursued you and now you're doing that and pursuing all these other people that are in difficult circumstances what a beautiful picture of you living out God's heart that found you in the first place yeah so a lot of missions is going to peoples and places where there are already Christians and churches. Yes. That's good, but we need to go to the peoples and places mm. where there are no Christians and no churches. Mm. Because unless we go, yeah. they will never have a chance Amen. to know and love and worship our Jesus mm. Christ. Amen. So, and so when you talk about, when you define those unreached or neglected people groups, do you define by race or by culture or by language or by socioeconomic status? Or what factors do you use to describe a particular yeah. group? Yeah, so of course we work among the classic unreached people groups, which is by race or ethno-linguistic people yeah. groups. So for example, in Malawi, we work among a Muslim unreached people group called the Yao people. So that's an ethnic group. Okay. But we also work with, you know, pockets of people or affinity groups that don't know Jesus. For example, we have a couple that's working with atheistic youths in Czech Republic. They also work with the LGBTQ plus community. Right. And in Germany, we work with a lot of Muslim refugees, and they are coming to Jesus. You know, Iranians, wow. Iraqis, Afghanistanis, oh, Syrians. Wow. And now they are sharing the gospel with their family and friends back mm. in their homeland over Amen. the phone, baptizing them over wow. the phone, you know, because wow. there's no other Christians to do wow. it. Yeah, so we work with different pockets of people. Okay. And, and you were saying you raise up people in those groups to then be leaders back. What kind of training do they get? Do they go to seminary? Do, how do they learn to study the Bible or to pastor? Okay, yeah. So that's a great question. So we really believe in empowering the local leaders. We really teach. What we emphasize is obedience because the Great Commission is therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Amen. And I think too often we read God's word for knowledge. Yes. Right? Yes. 
But when was the last time when we open the Bible, before we close it, we say, okay, Holy Spirit, given what I read today, what should I do to obey your word? That's right. That's good. So we use uh, a more discovery Bible study approach. We teach people to gather around God's word, to discover God's word for themselves. Right, because it's just like you said, we open up the Bible and something just grabs our heart. Yes, yes. Because we discover God's word, or Amen. we should say, the word discovered <laughs> us, yeah, read right. us. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Amen. And we will never forget it Amen. when we discover God's Amen. word, instead of listening to someone just yes, talk about yes, it. Yes. Amen. And then we teach people to obey it. So before we end. Every Bible study and church time, everyone makes an I will statement. Oh, you great. know, that's good. Given what we read today, what will you do to obey God's word? Mm, well, yeah. I will go to my brother and ask for forgiveness. I will, you know, I will go and apologize. I will, whatever it is yeah, yeah. that the Holy Spirit convicts us of. Amen. And then the next week when we meet together, we ask each other. How did you do? <laughs> yeah, how did we do? Oh, amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you, Dr. Mary, for sharing Absolutely. your, your, your childhood you. and your testimony and what God is doing in you and through you thank through you. all nations. And so blessings. So yes, thank you thank for you. taking the time to sit down with us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, Roy. Thank you.